0: Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of the Convergence podcast. I'm your host, Siddhartha Valluri, and in this episode, I had the pleasure of talking to Art Muse, Lillian DeMello. This was a really fascinating episode because it's the first time I got the chance to talk to somebody who, rather than drawing, is the subject of hundreds of pieces of artwork herself. Lillian gave great insights into the amount of preparation that goes into being an art model and what are the hurdles she had to face along the way. I also want to give a shout out to PC Vikram for suggesting having Lillian on the podcast and essentially bringing out the other side of the coin of life drawing. So I hope you all really enjoy this episode and let's go.
1: Can I get like a blueprint of the questions?
0: (laughs) Nah, I mean, it's just a regular conversation. It's already recording. There's no, it's not like a very formal thing or something like that. It's mostly about, about, I mean, in your case, it's a very dif- different kind of conversation that i've had so far because uh-huh. whatever i've whoever I've spoken to so far has been an artist but you're on the other side as an art muse essentially <laughs> so yes and when vikram recommended having you on the podcast i thought that would be a pretty interesting idea because we can get the perspective of what someone in that position feels like and what they perceive the art and the artistic journey to be like because that itself i feel is in a different kind of journey of its of its own so i'm just curious mm-hmm. how did you get into being an art news to begin with
1: um so it started with rejection from the fashion industry like uh, all my life i've been told like hey you should be a model you should run for miss india you should be miss universe miss philippines all sorts of miss thingies <laughs> and i didn't grow up to be tall enough to <laughs> make it through the first round. So i didn't really give it a try mm-hmm. And I also found it to be vain, like, you know, you run to be Miss whatever country you're representing, and you spend a lot on how you look, your gowns, your makeup, the tours, all that, only to prove in the end that you're humble. So that really didn't make sense to me. And then... I was like, what if something happens to me? Like, what if there's an accident and then, like, I lose my face? Um, Is that the end of my career? How is this going to go about? So I never really emphasized my looks as much as people wanted me to. And then uh, I studied journalism, English, and psychology in university. And that wasn't something that I really wanted to pursue growing up because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I was kind of just puppeted around. And then... So while I was in university, like a family friend contacted me and he's like, hey, do you want to give, a shit give it a shot in advertising? And I was like, oh, okay, um, sure, I guess there's no harm. And I think I went for like seven auditions or something. Mm-hmm. And I, f- I finally got my first advertisement with this really big brand. And the experience was nice, but the pay was shit. Like, they paid me, paid me 3,000 rupees and I knew that they were fucking around with me. Oh, can I use profanity? Yeah, yeah,
0: that's fine. doesn't matter.
1: Okay. So, yeah, I knew that something was wrong with industry because, you know, like, 3,000 didn't make sense for such a huge brand. And okay? how, how
0: long of a gig was that? Was that like a single day gig or how was it?
1: It was just a single day gig. like okay. uh, one-day short, Maybe I was on set for maybe seven to eight hours, something like that. Mm, wow, that's Not a bad. big deal, no problem. Mm-hmm. But then the payment came in like six months later after I had to fight with them. And so I was like, is this how it works in this industry? I don't like how it goes. And then, you know, there were a lot of reports of, you know, this compromises and stuff, which means that you need to sleep with a director or person mm-hmm. awesome director or something like that. Thankfully, I didn't come across any such situations. I mean, I could detect the red flags before I went to the auditions, so...
0: But it's yeah, I mean it's I like supposed to be quite prevalent in the entertainment. Yes, industry.
1: yes, it is, especially in India. Like a lot of young girls
0: mm-hmm.
1: they are manipulated, they are coerced, and they're made guilty if they say no. And a lot of them are put in compromising situations and it's really sad. So it's not an industry that I wanted to be in. And moreover, I didn't like the ads that I was starting in. I mean, mm-hmm. I skip the ads usually. So <laughs> I was like, why would I start in one? And then so while this was happening, like, I think a month or two later, I got another gig. And that was also another shitty pay, like 4,000. I knew that they were, they were just playing with me for sure, because I was a newbie and I didn't know how the system worked. Yeah. So I was like, you know, this maybe this is not for me. Like, it's just a hobby thing. I didn't, I didn't really start working then. I was like in my final semester in university. And I happened to be a part of this. Oh, sorry to cut you.
0: I was just going to say, like, a large part of this is also about whether you're part of an agency or not right because people who are just almost like freelance models get taken for granted far more i suppose
1: exactly exactly and you know there are no regulations a lot of models don't know the formalities they don't sign agreements Mm -hmm. when they work with these photographers or um production houses so they really screwed around with a lot so Mm -hmm.
0: sorry so it was a really vulnerable
1: uh, field to be in
0: so i mean as part of being a college student at that time, how were you Mm -hmm. able to manage that separate career almost and start that on the side? Because I'm sure there are enough things to do uh, while being a student itself, right? So how were you able to dive into that?
1: So fortunately or unfortunately, my college is not that great. So (laughs) I had a lot of free time on my hands. Like I would go to university at 9.30 in the morning. I would be back at 9.45, like it was walking distance Mm -hmm. because um, the teachers were never present. And they never really gave a hoot about us. So it was really up to us what we wanted to do with our lives. Like even the um, career counselor, like the guy who was supposed to help us with the interviews and stuff, he resigned a few months before we graduated. So we were really on our own.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. That's not a good start. definitely. Yeah.
1: No, not at all. But I was doing fine. I was uh, already freelancing as a creative copywriter then. Mm -hmm. So... I kind of figured out like what would be my bread and butter. So I still work as a creative copywriter, by the way.
0: Yeah. That's something I find quite interesting about your journey as an art muse, because you're also, you're uh-huh. essentially having these two parallel careers that are going on simultaneously. Yes. And do you feel any sort of conflict where you feel like you're not putting in enough effort on one thing, or are you able to manage both the things in a proper manner?
1: Um, I'll get to that. Okay. So, um, when I was in the final semester, you know, I did the advertising stuff. And then I was part of this Facebook group called Art Who. I don't know how I came across that, mm-hmm. but I found it fascinating because people just shared a lot of their artworks. And I was like, okay, so maybe my um, advertising or fashion modeling career is not going well. Is it a thing like, you know, to actually pose for painters? Because the only example I saw was like in the Titanic where mm-hmm. Jack draws Rose. And I never really saw anything else after that. But I knew, like, you know, these are real muses. Um, so I was like, is it is that a thing of the present day, or how does it go about? I was really curious, so I just posted in this Facebook group, like, hey guys, this is gonna sound crazy, but I want to be an art ho, <laughs> <laughs> like the art ho, the person that you draw. And obviously, it the uh, a conversation, and I got like a hundred of comments. So. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of useful advice because there were international artists, a lot of them from the U S and they gave me really helpful advice, like start off with an art school because that's going to be the safest place you can start with. And, you know, know your boundaries and, you know, working as a new art model doesn't mean you need to engage in sexual acts. You do not have to pose erotically or anything. You can define the type of pose that you do. So this really gave me a good idea of how it would go about and, I looked it up in India and uh, usually the art schools over here, especially like in Mumbai and in Maharashtra, Mm -hmm. uh, where a lot of the art schools are, they hire these uh, helpers, the sweepers, the caretakers, you know, not professional art models. So it's not some, I couldn't really reach out to anyone for help or guidance, you know? So I was really on my own when I started this. And so I just like, okay, let me just look for an art school near me. And to my luck, there was an animation school 500 meters from my house. From like where I used to live back then when I was a student. And I sent them a message and they were so happy to have me reach out to them because they tried posting in a newspapers mm-hmm. looking for art models. Oh. They tried posting on the internet. But you know, it sounds a little fishy, you know, because yeah. you don't really come across such ads and it's not something you see every day.
0: So. Especially, I mean, in India, I don't think it's that common to begin with.
1: Yeah, so. exactly. So uh, so this animation school is run by an American family. So it was really easy to work with them. Like, I didn't really feel scared. Um, is it okay if I mention this school?
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, go ahead. I have no...
1: Yeah, it's uh, Dr. Beltran School of Animation and Visual Wonder. And it's run by Leo. And he's a great guy, and he's been in Hawaii. I mean, he, I think he he worked in Hawaii for a long time okay. before moving to Bangalore. And so it's an animation school, okay. And
0: so do they the do do they do like the traditional stuff? like hand drawn animation kind of stuff?
1: Sometimes they do, but they're mostly into digital. Okay,
0: okay. But
1: it was useful for me to be involved for them to study the figure because the resources that they had were only on screen or they would pose for each other and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That was difficult at times, you know, usually you don't sign up for an art school to pose yourself. You just want to draw.
0: That's true.
1: So, so I started posing there on the weekends or whenever I had free time and I never looked at it as a source of income. I never looked at it as something that would help me set up my life or a full-time job or a career it was always ice cream money i still call it ice cream money because mm-hmm. it, uh, the pay. Was, i think the pay started around 500 or 700. okay this was for uh clothed modeling so it wasn't it wasn't a problem for me mm-hmm. and it was like uh three two to three hour sessions at a, at a time and so the first session that i did with them was actually nude um I was not as scared as I thought I would be because, honestly, I grew up in a very conservative family. Like, uh, we are Catholics. Mm, But we're not strictly Catholics. We're, like, the Catholics who go to church on Christmas and Easter and other important events. But we're not religious. But we still, like, you know, like, don't dress too revealingly or, you know.
0: So, I guess, on the conservative... Be a little modest. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, because... uh, I'm half Indian and half Filipino, but that's like two Asian cultures. It's like Asian supreme. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's not as uh, open as some people th- would think it to be. So, um, yeah. So the new thing was not something I was looking forward to. Like, I didn't want to do this because I wanted to be nude. I'm not a nudist or a naturist or anything of that sort. I just wanted to be, how do I say it? I just want to feel connected with what I was doing. So I told you, right? Like I was, I tried working as an art, uh, as a fashion model and that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel connected to the women I was seeing in the magazines or in the ad campaigns. Cause these are all tall, skinny, white women, fair women. I could not relate to them. I didn't feel represented by them, but the woman I saw in the paintings, the artists capture their details. They, these are not flaws. The cellulite are not flaws; those are details. Mm -hmm. And they're appreciated and loved and admired. And that was something that I could not get in fashion modeling. So it was sort of a body acceptance thing.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting thing, the way you put it, because as an artist, people who are drawing live models, they are just trying to capture the form. And it could be any form. It could be a rock or a male or a female. It could be anyone. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the fashion industry, they are trying to, sell a product essentially through that model yes so it's two mm-hmm. different perceptions about the person that's being presented right over there. so know- it was
1: so mm-hmm. accepting and wholesome posing for artists because never once has anyone ever made a comment on my body they don't even compliment it because that would be a slightly inappropriate but they were very polite when they tried to compliment me like without coming off as unprofessional mm-hmm. and and the fashion industry, they always said, like, you know, you, you, you could lose a few, a few extra kilos and, you know, maybe do something to your hair, stuff like that. Um, I loved it when I posed for artists because I could just be myself.
0: That's an interesting thing. I mean, I'm curious to know about a bit more about the companies that you work for in terms of the fashion modeling as well. Um, when Mm -hmm. when you said that you weren't really enjoying the work was it purely because of the people who were involved or even in terms of the product that was being sold you didn't really connect with the product and it was just not a good environment overall for you
1: overall the environment but also the fact that advertising is slowly dying out like you know you pay premium to skip ads you don't really want to see that stuff anymore Mm -hmm. and it's all temporary like you know You see a really beautiful shot. The next day it's taken over by another great shot. You see a great painting. That stuff is displayed in the museum for years to come.
0: Yeah, that's a great. So
1: this this is more permanent, I would say. I feel a greater sense of purpose with this rather than, you know, great Instagram post
0: that actually uh, brings me to a question i've seen you do a lot of live instagram live poses and things of those, that <laughs> yes, sort yes. um f- the first question about that was like how do you come up with different concepts and different costumes and because each of each time you have like a different theme going on and you have a different yeah. reason for doing it so can you elaborate on that mm-hmm. a bit
1: so uh since i started posing for anime first i fell in love with that i think i would love to be a permanent Uh, model at an animation school (laughs) because I love uh, embodying these characters like there's so much sass to them it's not like you're trying to push your butter boobs out Mm -hmm. it's (laughs) there's a lot of emotion that goes into it it tells a lot of story so posing for these animators was fun initially and then it kind of just ingrained into my head like every time I pose now there must be a character and posing on Instagram live was something that happened last year when the pandemic hit Mm -hmm. so I used to have these live drawing sessions offline like not independently hosted but like with some groups or with some art schools almost every weekend and as I said ice cream money so it was something I did over the weekend and then uh, treat myself to a nice dinner or lunch okay and then when it stopped I felt restless like what do I do on the weekends now like do I draw now or what (laughs) And uh, yeah, there was no way I could draw. Yeah, that's another thing why I got into art modeling because I couldn't draw myself. (laughs) Um,
0: Did you have a fascination with art as a medium even before becoming an art model, essentially?
1: I wasn't a hardcore fanatic or anything, but yes, I did have an interest and appreciation for fine art. Okay. So yeah, when the pandemic hit and I was stuck at home, like I think two or three weeks passed max, I was like, you know, I need to do something about this. I'm getting restless. And then I just went live on Instagram. And I'm not someone who goes live on Instagram usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty camera shy. I don't know how to say it. But uh, I like, didn't know. I didn't really know what I was doing. Like, How could I trust that someone was watching these videos and drawing me? Like, What if they were just being creeps or something or just laughing at me? I don't know. It was a really brave move for me to do that and no one else was doing it at that point now everyone is but at that point no one was doing that and so uh the same guy leo whom i worked with initially Mm -hmm. he told me like hey lily why don't you pose and i'll draw you and then he had some technical issues and we could not draw we could not see what he was drawing we could just see his face i was like what's the point of this (laughs) so it was really funny then the next day i was like okay guys so and then uh, Instagram and two people go live, it splits the screen. So like they were seeing half of my body. Mm-hmm. So I told these guys like, okay, I just go live on this day. If you're going to draw, draw. If you want to watch, watch, I don't know. But if you're going to draw, enjoy. So I went live and I did the session and they loved it. And it was great. Like, I think I gained 2,500 new followers over the course of time, like since the pandemic hit and I started the live drawing sessions online. That's great. And, there are these students who have never drawn from a life model. I don't know what are they studying in these art schools, but yes, they started drawing from life with me. And then there are these veterans, retired guys, like in their 60s and who haven't picked up a pencil or brush in decades. There's one guy, he just commented casually on my Instagram live. It's like, I'm picking up a brush after 20 years and drawing. just was like, Wow.
0: That's amazing.
1: That was, that was, that was insane.
0: And I guess the crazy thing to is, me- while you're doing it through Instagram Live, you can essentially reach any part of the world, and people from all over the world yes. can be drawing you.
1: Absolutely. I, I I really love. I mean, it was a bummer that we could not draw in person anymore, but I think I love this a bit more
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I connected with people wh- whom I don't think I would have connected with otherwise if it wasn't for the lockdown. There are people from the UK, from South Africa, from from Australia. Like I don't think I would have ever met them if it wasn't for the lockdown and the online sessions. So this has been great, and I got to pose with a lot of international groups in the US, in the UK, in the Netherlands. It's 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 amazing. Like you know, like I could really feel the power of the internet with this.
0: That's crazy. I mean, that's really fascinating, because now you essentially have a lot more control over what kind of shoots that you're providing, what costumes you're providing, what time you want to do it. Mm-hmm. At. And yeah, I guess that allows you to be more creative in your own journey as an art muse, essentially, whereas earlier, it would yes. be based on the students time or the college time and things yep. like that.
1: Now, like I need to consider all of the time zones in the world <laughs> and then only go live or set up a session. There was a time when I used to do like four sessions in 48 hours. So I could cater to everyone in different time zones because some of them would just be coming home from work. Some of them would just be waking up.
0: Wow. That, that's, I really I mean, was exhausted that, myself. Yeah, <laughs> I was just about to come to that. That that was actually one of the questions I had written down but, there are two aspects to it one is how do you mentally prepare for a shoot before the live session is about to start do you have any rituals or routines that you go through or is it just press the live button and Mm. get to it
1: i don't know if there's a call it a ritual but i just try to see that i'm not bloated (laughs) because like you know if you have tummy issues during the session it can go so wrong (laughs) so i always take care of my diet before a session and i make sure i'm well rested if I'm not well-dressed, then I see that the poses are a bit more calm and not so frisetta, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I usually like doing a lot of action poses and fantasy poses. So you'll o- often see my fingers and hands up in the air. Like you could draw fire in my hands and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times when I'm re- when I'm feeling unwell or like my energy is exhausted from a long day of work, I just take it easy and do it the classical way.
0: Okay and then regarding the physical aspect of it like when you're doing mm-hmm. these long shoots which are maybe 1 hour long or like you said multiple yeah. shoots in a matter of a couple of hours how do you recover yeah. from that like uh, is it just become part of your routine at this point or how, how yeah
1: so work? uh over time i learned that you know when you put pressure on a certain part of your body even if it's just your thigh mm-hmm. within 20 minutes it's going to go numb so you have to ensure that you're not really putting pressure on any part of your body or if you do like make sure you can like take a break and stretch it out and let the blood flow there were several times where i was kind of paralyzed after a pose yeah but i always recover so there wasn't any permanent injury but yes there have been reports where models have been injured
0: do you try to like sequence your poses in a way where if some part of the body could be under strain then the next pose allows you to rest that part of the body yes
1: yes absolutely so uh usually for the shorter poses the 2 minutes to 5 minutes i put my hands up the rest of the poses they're more down or midway and not all the way up
0: hmm. that's interesting Wow, well, this is all like such new information for me because this is the first time that i'm actually <laughs> interacting with an art model in a conversation of this
1: haven't you drawn from a life model before
0: i have not actually
1: are you serious yeah
0: it's not something that's fascinated me particularly to be honest because the kind of work that I enjoy and like to do doesn't really go uh-huh. into that traditional art sense so okay okay but I would definitely love to try at some point hmm one thing I noticed when, whenever you're done with a session, you always share these artworks from people all over the world. Yes. And uh-huh. the, the fascinating thing for me as an artist is that there's such variety of skill levels. Some people have yep. extremely good control. Some are just beginners. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. there any particular art style that has captured you really well, you feel? In terms of um, a bit more abstract or is it a bit more realistic? What do you like to see as an art muse?
1: I love the character artists when they draw me because it looks nothing like me but you know it's inspired by me
0: Mm.
1: and these characters that they derive out of my poses is amazing like I don't have props because they're expensive but I pose with a lot of silly stuff like umbrellas and whatnot. (laughs) I think you must have seen it on my Instagram live sessions and the fact that it triggers imagination is amazing. Because I've seen these guys draw draw like a full-blown backdrop when there was nothing there.
0: All So inspired, I really love seeing I mean, these
1: character artists.
0: Okay, so they are just taking inspiration from the pose and then essentially yeah. creating a scene out of it.
1: Mm-hmm. There was one guy who recently sculpted me from my Instagram live session. That was insane. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was like, he just sent me these pictures with no context. I was like, wait, I don't understand. And then when I looked at it, oh my goodness, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) And there are these artists who don't speak English. So I really, I really find it cute when they try, they send me these wholesome messages in Hindi, like these WhatsApp uncles, like, you know, they say good morning and they put these flowers and all that. (laughs) So I've connected with a lot of Indian artists lately because of the because of my connection with the art schools in Mumbai and Tone. And it's really wholesome, the way they talk to me. They always send me good wishes and blessings. I really hope to work with them someday. It's a bummer that there's a second wave right now, but I would have been in Maharashtra this
0: month if it wasn't for the second wave. Oh, okay. So maybe in a couple of months' time, then that might happen again. Hopefully. So as you've been doing this for longer, have you been able to connect with more art models and kind of build that community out a bit more?
1: Um, I have connected with a few art models. I wouldn't say there's a community. I mean, not in India. Internationally, yes, there are a lot more outside India, but in India, not so much. I think there's like less than five that I know. And to be honest, I'm scared to build a community. Like there are people who approach me who ask for advice on how to be an art model Mm -hmm. and I did want to host a workshop on this to guide them and stuff, but there's a lot of risk to it. There are a lot of legal hurdles to it. Um, There's this obscenity act in India that can get you in trouble. And it's not clear what exactly obscenity is. Even a new sketch can be obscene and you could get arrested for it. So if I start a movement and encourage more art models to, you know, Pose for artists. If something goes wrong, it's gonna be the, the blame is gonna to come to me. And I myself have been through a lot. So I want to make sure that the coast is clear before I start something officially for the community.
0: Yeah that's probably a better decision, definitely. Mm-hmm. That that actually comes to a question that I wanted to talk about. It's I mm-hmm. guess it's part of being an art model but do you face any sort of online harassment or bullying especially because of the fact that you do these online sessions where people are not taking it seriously and just kind Mm -hmm. of making a joke about it
1: to be honest i've faced more respect in the art industry than the outside world okay despite being nude Like it's amazing. I never really expected it to be this way. Not one person has ever insulted me or made any lewd comments or harassed me in any way. When I started art modeling nude online, it was a really scary thing to do because, you know, nudity and the internet don't go so well together. It can be easily manipulated. Mm -hmm. And I was really scared doing it because I am in India and I actually did face some problem in real life because of that. I'll come to that later. Okay. But other than that, there was really no, no problem at all. Like everyone has been super respectful and considerate
0: for what I do. That's really good to hear. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, of course, there are some precautions that I take. Like, for example, when the person signs up and then they join my Zoom meeting, I said, please use your real name and not some unknown thing. Mm-hmm. And if you want, you can keep your camera on, but sometimes it affects the bandwidth. So I trust them to keep the camera off,
0: Okay. but
1: nothing has really happened. There was this one instance, a long time ago, like before I took up art modeling as a full-time, not full-time, like part-time thing. Um, when I was a part of this art whole Facebook group, there was this guy who asked for reference photos and I sent him some pictures and out of the blue, he messages me like weeks later, like I was working on the sketch of yours and he felt slightly aroused. So I would understand. I mean, I'm sure that was not his intention, like to get those pictures from me. Okay. But he told me that he felt slightly aroused and he wasn't comfortable working with me anymore. So I was quite surprised that he actually told me that because not a lot of guys would be honest about it, you know. So I really appreciated his honesty and we were totally professional about it. He deleted all of my pictures and that was that.
0: Yeah I guess that's a good thing I mean having that professional boundary is definitely essential especially when it comes to nude art modeling mm-hmm. and it's very often I mean you would one wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way around where there's suddenly some sort of cyberbullying or harassment happening as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I wanted to talk about the payment structure essentially because as a art model one has to put in a lot of mental and physical effort to set up that entire thing yep. do you think artists who are making use of that facility are paying enough to avail that
1: um i don't want to sound rude mm-hmm. but in india they don't pay you so well internationally it's much better but in india i'm not sure why the artists refuse to pay the models like not all of course mm-hmm. like there are a selected few Like I provide free resources on my account, on my Instagram live, you know, and the tips majorly come from outside India, not in India.
0: Okay. I
1: think we just love free stuff in India.
0: (laughs) Maybe that's why. Absolutely. Yeah, that's quite possible.
1: Like someone actually recommended um, adding a paywall. Like, you know, you just do 10 minutes free session on your Instagram and then move the rest to Zoom. I tried that, it didn't work out. (laughs) Mm. But it's not a problem for me because as I said, you know, it's not about the money for me. So I would do it for free. It's not a big deal. Eventually it does pay off because uh, I've done a lot of free sessions almost every week since the lockdown happened last year. Okay. And it has helped me connect with the high paying artists so I would say that it worked out just fine
0: yeah I guess the people who are genuinely appreciative of the skill that is being provided are mm -hmm. willing to pay because they know that it's a professional service by its own right Mm -hmm.
1: and also in India artists are not paid that well you know so I totally understand if they cannot afford to pay which is why I also have the free sessions for them for the people in between jobs or who just aren't paid enough or art students who don't have a bank account of their own and no earnings of their own to tip me. So it's mm-hmm. totally fine.
0: Okay. So as you've been doing this for I think more than a year at this point, have you been also able to yeah. connect with more agencies and maybe take up advertisement jobs which you enjoy and are essentially wanting to do?
1: Um, I actually made my profile drive it so I don't think I've I, th- I think I've uh cut down <laughs> on oh. my connections that way. Okay. I don't want to take up commercial modeling. I was in a couple of Bollywood movies and I really did not want that to take off because if the mask comes to know what I do, they would probably set me on fire or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm really scared. Mm-hmm. So I started in a Bollywood movie in 2018 around the same time I was doing the fashion modeling. And it was just for the thrill of it. Like, I didn't really want to get into the industry full-time. It was just a small role. I wanted to see how it is behind the, behind the scenes and how the actors are when the camera's not rolling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was nice. It was a good experience. Pay was fine. And I got to see myself on the big screen, which is pretty cool. Not a lot of people get that. Yeah, that's a
0: pretty <laughs> amazing thing.
1: Yeah, but like I never really wanted to be... A proper actress like a full-time actress or have a fan base or anything like that because fine art is not for the mass
0: yeah i yeah. guess i mean i guess fine art is for the mass in the sense that they would like to see it but based on the social perceptions what is considered mm-hmm. good art and what is considered uh let's say bad art or unconservative art can completely change overnight Mm -hmm. so I I do understand why you would think that way that makes sense completely Mm -hmm. do you think
1: um uh, yeah sorry uh,
0: so do you think that because of the fact that artists the community of artists is much smaller than the mass of people who would watch film is that the major Mm -hmm. reason why you felt like you didn't want to go deeper into that direction
1: Yeah, probably. Um, I feel safer with the smaller crowd. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So and I'm really not built for the fame that you have in India. It's crazy how much it can balloon overnight.
0: Yeah, especially with social media nowadays. I mean, overnight you Mm -hmm. can become a viral sensation and you may not even know that's happening at the same time.
1: So there was a lot of attention uh, coming towards what I was doing and Someone was not too happy about it or jealous. I'm not sure what his intention was. Okay. But he took a screenshot of one of my sketches. I mean, not my sketches, a sketch of me from one of my sessions. Mm-hmm. I think it was a nude one and sent it to my landlord. Oh my God. Uh, and he just asked the landlord, like, what do you think of this? And My landlord is this gay guy in his 50s who has been through a lot of shit himself. And he was not in a position to handle anymore, especially housing an art model, a nude art model, posing nude in his building. Of course, it's none of his business what I do in my room, but when it's out there on the internet and living in a conservative area, it can cause serious trouble. And that was his own nephew, by the way, who sent that sketch. Uh, he's always been for knowing, for being an ass, so. Okay. Uh
0: Oh that's, My that's landlord really unfortunate. I was mean. not
1: yeah. He was not happy about it and he called me to his house and he pointed out to this neon sign he had on his wall and it says truth does not wear clothes. And then he asked me to sit down and then he told me that he cannot have me in his building anymore. This was in the middle of the pandemic just before we hit the peak of 96,000 cases.
0: Wow. It's. I mean, it's kind of amazing that you still continue doing that. I mean, it must have been definitely hard to deal with the situation. like Yeah,
1: that. it was incredibly hard. I was like, should I stop this? Like, is this the end of it? Like, will there be more such troubles? Is it worth it if I keep going? I don't know. It was a really dark phase.
0: So when something like this happens, is there? Really is there a... Is there any other art model that you can talk to or just essentially mm, get advice no. in a sense?
1: Mm-mm-mm. I haven't, at that point, I hadn't really had anyone to talk to. Now, like the community is a bit stronger. Like I was like three, four months into the online life drawing journey. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have a lot of uh, art, art models I could connect with. But there were artists who reached out to me when they noticed I would I wasn't active anymore because you know I used to come online every week and suddenly there's nothing from me. And then they're like, Are you okay? And this and that. And I told them what was happening and they were shocked. And it was amazing the the outpour of kindness from these artists. A lot of them reached out to their family members to check if they have houses to house with me. Oh wow.
0: And that's very kind. Yeah, of it
1: was it was. Yeah, it was so wholesome and so hopeful. And some gave me donations as well because the room that I was staying with, early, staying in earlier, um, it was right above my office, so it wasn't much of a commute. Okay. And I'm not paid much as a creative copywriter either, but it was just enough mm-hmm. to get by. And so you know how expensive it can get renting uh, an apartment in Bangalore. So, and you also have the deposit. My goodness. <laughs> So it was a lot and it was a dark period, just trying to find a house in the middle of a pandemic with a limited budget, but I made it through. And I still live near my office. It's just walking distance, that's cool. And sadly, I I still cannot be open about what I do. My landlord does not know what I do. I don't think they would be comfortable with that. And I think it's surreal bizarre I'm not I'm not sure because they're very religious people okay and they pray to these idols these cultures and um I'm sorry I forgot the word the the Hindus have these um mini houses where they keep the idols I forgot what's that called uh wait
0: are you just talking about the puja room or something
1: room, but they also make this a uh, woodwork kind of mini house for these gods.
0: Hmm, I, I'm not sure.
1: I forgot what's it called. But yeah, uh, they worship these idols, these sculptures, and I work with the same artists who make these idols and sculptures. Yet they find it controversial to house someone like
0: me. Do you think there's a way to? make them more aware of why fine art drawing and live modeling is such an essential part of the creative journey for these artists and why it is an essential part of even an artist to be training themselves to be able to make the kind of sculptures which they will eventually be mm-hmm. praying to
1: mm-hmm. sorry i didn't get your question
0: No, i mean essentially what i'm wondering is that is there a way to make them understand as a larger society level why Live drawing and sculpt I mean this kind of activity why does it exist to begin mm-hmm. with and it's there's nothing to shy away from it or think of it as something
1: mm-hmm.
0: not good or something like that
1: I've tried to explain it to make people understand without telling them that I'm an art model mm-hmm. uh and I can say, like, out of a hundred people, maybe only two or three will understand. It's a long way to go for them to truly understand why it's necessary. Like they they'll say, like, you can do it with clothes on. You know, you can cover this, cover that. You don't need to be nude. Nude is bad. Nude is taboo. You'll go to hell for it and whatnot.
0: So I guess it just comes down they to have the a society, long society to level of acceptance.
1: Yes yes if you and don't... i'm really not on a mission to change their minds because some people mm-hmm. will really not change their minds and that's okay
0: yeah definitely i mean it's not even uh, to make it like a life cause to change the minds of people but more mm-hmm. like for your own convenience essentially where i mean if you're running into situations where people are asking you to leave the accommodation because of this then it can mm-hmm. seriously affect your own livelihood down the line as well
1: yeah I'm working more towards official recognition now. Like, mm-hmm. I would like to work with the uh, Ministry of Culture and more government-recognized art institutes so that there's official credibility to what I do.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think that would be a safer option rather than trying to fight with people on the internet or something like that. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Who are even anyway not going to be listening to anyone else. So that makes sense. Yeah. So was there any sort of pushback from internally from family or friends of that sort when they came Of course
1: of course Um, friends there wasn't anything family yes as I said I came from a pretty conservative family and no one in my family is an artist Mm -hmm. and it was pretty shocking to me myself that I turned out to be an art model like if I told this to myself as a like 15 year old girl that, you know, you're going to be an art model someday and pose nude for art. It's like, what? No way. That's so scandalous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but over time you just change your mindset and you learn about a lot of things and not things are not as bad as they seem, like how we project it as society. So um, with my family, yes, there were some moments, unfortunately, and I had to burn bridges with a few members for my own sanity mm-hmm. and for their sanity as well. They did try to you know, make me stop. Try to send me back home to my parents, despite being an adult. I don't know. That was insane. Um, and, you know, try to control my life. And I just told them, it's just giving you a headache. It's making me unhappy. No one's really happy in this situation. So just let it be and you know be on our own paths respectfully.
0: Yeah, live and let live essentially.
1: Yeah. I don't want to cause any trouble to them by doing this. It's not like I'm doing it out of spite or anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not doing it like in the fuck the society kind of mindset. Just live and let live, as you said.
0: What I find really fascinating is that despite so many hurdles, you just genuinely enjoy this field, mm-hmm. and you're still doing it for free for most for the most part. And yeah, yeah, I think that's really interesting and really fascinating to witness. I think the artists who are benefiting from that would be should be really thankful for the effort that goes into mm-hmm. continuing this. Essentially,
1: mm-hmm. I feel like the artists have given me a sense of purpose to life like I was really clueless about what I wanted to do for a long time mm-hmm. and I'm still exploring it by the way I'm not like I've set my life for the next few decades or something like that there's still so much more for me to learn and explore so I think I'm the last time we met I mentioned about mocap yeah so I wanted to get into motion capture and a bit more work a bit more with the animation students and eventually when I'm older I'd like to pose more for the sculptors and oil painters because I think then I would like to be a bit more relaxed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess that, that, that's the fascinating thing with there are so many different facets to this. Now initially yeah. it was just live modeling maybe in a garden or an open space then it went goes into mm-hmm. Instagram and now mocap. Do you in the future want to have more creative control as well like where you're posing in a certain manner, but you're also art directing essentially the kind of drawings that are being done where you have more creative control over the kind of final product that comes out.
1: Oh my goodness, that would be that would be great. Thanks for the idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're welcome.
1: I really don't know. I don't know. This was a possibility, by the way. I mean, yeah, I the, could definitely look into that.
0: The reason I think that is possible is because. As an art model, you get to witness so many art styles on a daily basis or a weekly mm-hmm. basis. And essentially, I think your eye gets strained quite a bit because you know what looks yes, good yes, yes. does look good.
1: So a lot of artists, after they draw me, they're like, can you please give feedback? I was like, me? Give you feedback? I'm the model. I'm not an artist. <laughs> like, no, you know yourself best. Like, is your eye correct? Like, your nose is a bit crooked or something like that. So there were a few artists that I've actually interacted with. As an art model slash art director, I don't know.
0: <laughs> that's interesting.
1: But yeah, yeah, that, that 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 was cool, you know. Like getting to direct it in some way.
0: I guess that's the because yeah, open of course I know myself
1: the best, and I can tell when my nose is off or when I, when my eyes are off or my skin tone or my teeth, or my fingers. My goodness, you guys never draw my fingers.
0: <laughs> mm, uh, drawing hands is probably the hardest thing anyone can attest to. <laughs> So I all just these want, Lego hands. Yeah, I mean, or else just hide the hands inside pockets or behind the coat. Or something <laughs> like that. With, with, with respect to the motion capture side of things, do you have anything mm-hmm. planned already or is that something that you want to get into?
1: It's something that I want to get into eventually. Uh, first of all, it's expensive. So mm-hmm. uh, I would need funds to buy the suit. So the pathway I planned out as of now is to start a YouTube channel so that I have a wider reach. Okay. So these would be animation references because obviously I can't do nude. But there might be some classical-ish uh, sessions where it would be like with a nude bodysuit or something YouTube-friendly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and of course, these are going to be free resources for the artists. I When I looked up references for artists on YouTube, the best one was from like six years ago, so it's pretty outdated. So I want to give a fresh, a fresh set of references for the artists and also draw Indian bodies. Like we always have these white models to draw from, not so much from the Asian models. So hopefully when I start this YouTube channel and that it finds its own success, I could have some other models joining in and providing references for artists because art modeling is for
0: everyone this it leaves no one out and that sounds really like yeah a i think with really my reach that yeah. sounds quite fascinating i mean uh, especially the moment you start combining mm-hmm. different styles of art like classical drawing animation mm-hmm. oil painting it brings in more and yep. more different kind of people from all age groups and all experiences as well mm-hmm. um, yeah that's that's pretty interesting and you're quite right about the fact that most of the art models that you tend to see are from the West and not so much from Southeast Asia, especially, or South Asia. Mm -hmm. So it'll also bring in more diversity in the kind of drawings that are being produced, which is always a good thing. There was a question I had regarding the artwork that is produced and then sold eventually. Uh, A lot of people Mm -hmm. use art models as a base or as a reference. And then that art goes on to be sold for, a lot of money, or sometimes not much money at all. Do you think the art model Mm -hmm. should receive some sort of a royalty or percentage from that?
1: Of course, I did have a few problems with this uh, when it came to the online life drawing, because people were buying tickets to these sessions for like £3, £5, and then selling their artworks for hundreds of pounds. Mm -hmm. And of course, they're entitled to that amount. It's their work, it's years of hard work that went into obtaining that skill but I think it would be polite to leave a tip to the model because we ourselves don't get paid a lot and when we work with groups especially the the money is earned is split 50-50 okay and sometimes we get a fixed fee which is maybe one eighth of the total amount so yeah it would just be polite and kind to tip us a little I don't demand it I did leave a story up on my Instagram that, you know, if possible, please leave a tip, but otherwise it's totally okay. But also, like, you know, let me know if you're selling it because sometimes there are artworks that are not
0: comfortable with being sold. Being sold, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you think, um, like, you can maybe create some sort of a contract that people need to sign or a waiver before they join these sessions so that certain artworks are or certain sessions are off limits to being sold?
1: I think contracts put off some people for some reason i'm not sure why Mm -hmm. so what i do is i just mention the terms and conditions when they sign up for the session and it's all cool
0: so when we were just talking about like artworks being sold i mean i was just naturally thinking about the mona lisa because that's probably the most recognizable art news of all time Mm -hmm. and it's being resold for millions of dollars and Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel that kind of, let's say, anticipation that one at one point of time, you would want to be in a painting of that sort, which becomes a cult classic or a hit of that legacy?
1: Um, I think it's a possibility that it could happen, but it's not something that I strive for.
0: Okay. That's an interesting But author. yes,
1: uh, one of my main goals are to have my work up in the museum someday. That well, probably years after I die. Decades, centuries.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the fascinating thing. Because while the art is being made, the artist is more important. But eventually only yeah. the muse's face is what is visible mm-hmm. at the end, centuries later. It's a fascinating facet. Maybe
1: I could change that. Let's see. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think you're still what, in the first or second year of doing it for such an extended period of time. and
1: It's been almost four years now, I think.
0: Oh, you've been doing it on Instagram as well for four years? No, no.
1: In Instagram it's been uh, a year.
0: Okay, okay. But, but okay, just generally overall, modeling. Okay. Yeah. Do you ever plan to make it like a full-time source of income for yourself? Um,
1: It would be nice. I'll ha- I would have a lot of free time to, you know, explore other stuff, mm-hmm. other concepts and costumes and stuff. But I'm not sure if I'm there yet. Eventually, yes, I would like to make it a main source of income. So I'm trying to make it happen with the mocap. So I would like to build a library of references and, you know, indie studios can find it affordable to download these uh, reference sets and, you know, use it for their movies and stuff. Oh,
0: wow. That and like eventually movie.
1: partner, yeah, and then partner with other studios. So maybe it could happen. Maybe it will not. Let's see how it goes. I think the next two, three years will define it.
0: I think that's a pretty interesting business plan. I like the fact that as you're Mm -hmm. getting deeper into it, you're exploring more technologies and not getting stuck to just the traditional art modeling side of things. Mm -hmm. Have you had any studios reach out to you to maybe even become part of mocap actors for video games or something like that?
1: Um, Not studio, but there was one artist in India who reached out to me for mocap.
0: And did you go ahead with it?
1: Because of the pandemic, we did not,
0: but
1: oh, it should okay. happen soon, hopefully.
0: That's amazing. Because I mean, uh, nowadays with the level of fidelity in video games itself, the actors mm-hmm. are essentially as recognizable as actors in movies is at this point. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, I guess because the video game culture is quite different from the film culture in terms of the people consuming mm-hmm. the media, sometimes the mm-hmm. attention may not be as much so that might be a possibility Mm -hmm. this is a very fascinating topic because it's something that's so different from what i have been pursuing as an artist myself so each of these answers that you're giving me are just making me think about what are the various possibilities Mm -hmm.
1: there were these sessions i did on my instagram animation sessions so i would do maybe 10 to 20 poses, two minutes or three minutes each. Mm -hmm. And then eventually at the end, you could stitch together these poses and create an animation. And someone was like, we should make a game out of you. It's like, oh my goodness, what would I do?
0: (laughs) (laughs) What I will tell you is definitely create a contract at that point before a game starts. (laughs) Do you plan to make a website or something which essentially collects all these poses and different themes that you've done over time so that people have a proper catalog yes. to go through yeah
1: Yeah that is definitely something that I should do in the next few months Okay but I was a bit scared to take it forward because I have of the issues I had with my housing and stuff so I didn't really want it to be easy to find it, to find mm. me on the internet like just one search of my name and then you'll find all of these sketches and artworks well it's great can be trouble as well so i just i'm just going to be undercover for now okay let the dust settle a little and then get into it
0: perhaps like how regular advertising agencies have these agencies where the models are managed through that having an agency or creating an agency for art models may also legitimize that industry far more
1: yep absolutely i would definitely like to look into setting up an agency of sort or, you know, a community at least.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Or maybe just a network of art models and just guide them. I don't want to profit off them or anything of that. But yeah, just regulate it a, a bit because we really don't know how much we should be paid ourselves. Like, when I give my quote to some of the artists, they get shocked, like, oh, it's too much. It's like, oh, okay. But some... I was, artists are like oh you you charge too less you should you should earn more I was like oh okay I don't really know what I should be doing <laughs> so now I just give a flexible pay scale you know if you want to pay less it's okay if you want to pay more you can do that it's keeping it keeping the power of money in your hands
0: <laughs> it's interesting that you choose that option I mean it I, I'm not sure what is the right or wrong way because it's such a it's, mm-hmm. it's it's a different industry almost because especially as you start yeah. doing this online where people can capture that screenshot and then they have that pose yep. for forever mm-hmm. one could argue that they should be pay, paying quite a bit upfront to be able to have that facility yep.
1: so for my references i often tell them like you know it's a bit expensive because you're going to have long-term unlimited access to it so mm-hmm. please consider that but then, of course, you know, they just keep bargaining. I do you just take it for like 100 rupees. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Does it frustrate you? I mean, people are unwilling to pay for any sort of modeling experience. Not
1: really. Like, oh. a lot of them have genuine reasons, you know. Okay. But I know when they're lying. <laughs> so that's when <laughs> I tell them, sorry, I can't do it.
0: <laughs> I guess over time you can start reading the artists who have money but don't want to spend it.
1: Yes, yes.
0: That's awesome. But well, I would
1: never want to let money get in the way of art. Like, mm-hmm. I always tell like, if you're genuinely struggling, I will give you access for free.
0: Yeah, I mean, the reason I'm kind of trying to understand more about the financial aspect of this industry is to mm-hmm. make more people aware that it is a possible viable option down the line as more people start mm-hmm. getting into art modeling. or And even from yeah. the aspect of making it a legitimate industry in the eyes of people who are looking at it and not just thinking of Mm -hmm. it as something that doesn't make sense
1: yeah and there's so much work that goes into it it's not like it's a three-hour session so just three hours work no there's the prep for hours before that and then setting up the backdrop you know the bed the camera light all that stuff so it's quite a bit of
0: work yeah I mean there's like a lot of equipment cost that goes into it and then a lot of time spent mm-hmm. on social media because I know I mean you spend yeah. so much time promoting the artists the artwork there's like yep. so much social media management that goes into it mm-hmm.
1: so even though I have like only one session these days like once a week I do the marketing for the whole week for the week before that as well so mm-hmm. it is a lot of work
0: So just to close off the conversation, have you thought much about how this industry can evolve over the next 10 years, say, or how your journey as an art model can evolve? Or do you just take it as as it comes, one year at a time or a couple of months?
1: I really cannot predict how it will go. Okay. To be honest, I'm even scared of how the reaction will be once this podcast is released because... There are extremists, you know, are on the hunt. Who are on the hunt for mm-hmm. people like me? So,
0: no, I think I mean that's I the really reason, can't say what will happen. I think that's the reason why conversations like these are good to have because then you can just talk about mm-hmm. the process that goes into being an art model.
1: Mm-hmm. I would really like it if we are more accepted. In the society,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, we have all the acceptance and respect with, from the artists, but from the society and from you know family and all that, it would be nice if they were a bit less um, scandalized. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's probably it's, the word.
1: I really don't know how to s- explain it to them because they ask me like, "Are you selling your body?" Are you doing this for the male gaze? Do you like it when someone sees you in you? It's like, no, none of that. Are you doing it for the money? Absolutely not. Mm. I'm just here for the artists. And they're there for me. That's it.
0: Oh, That's really well put. That's That's a good sentiment. That's a genuine reason why this happens. Well, Lillian, thank you so much for your time. It was a pretty thank eye-opening you.
1: conversation, <laughs> and I hope that you get to attend my session someday. <laughs> Definitely, I'll try to.
0: I'll try my best to. Uh, when I started the podcast, I w- I never thought that I'll be having an art model on my podcast. So it was a pretty eye-opening conversation for me, and I got to learn a lot of new things. And hopefully, when people listen to this they'll understand more about what goes into the mind of an art model and in -hmm. turn it kind of broadens the horizons of people to come
1: thank you so much for having me i never really thought that you know someone would want to have me on a platform
0: now i'm I'm glad you came and thank you so much for your time and take care thank
1: you too you too bye-bye